Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, a truly long-awaited pod, I am so excited to say we have Alexis Ohanian, the founder of 776 and co-founder and former executive chairman of Reddit, though he's done a lot of other super impressive, pretty interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask him that much about. Alexis, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Alexis. I just like saying that. I know, me too. (laughs) You're the first Alexis I've interviewed on the pod. How do you feel about it? Oh, good. You're probably the first Alexis who's interviewed me. I'm certain this is my first pod with another Alexis. I'm so delighted by it. Alexis, are you ready to dive in? I am. I am. Let's go. Let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Bets Recruiting. That's right, Bets is back on the pod, baby. Don't get me wrong, I love a warm intro as much as the next person, but what I don't love is combing through LinkedIn for four hours and then texting someone I haven't talked to since 2011 to ask for an intro to some random at the company I wanna work for who they may or may not know. So if you're a high-performing professional looking for your next opportunity, but tired of sending resumes out into the void or waiting on your friend to finally submit that referral, it's time to become a Bets Connect community member. Thousands of tech startups are on their way to becoming the next unicorn, and they're looking for talented sales, marketing, and customer success professionals. Apply to join Beth's exclusive network, and if you're accepted, those tech startups will reach out to you. Apply now for your exclusive lifetime membership at bestrecruiting.com slash non-technical. Alexis Ohanian is a tech founder and venture capitalist. He's written a national best-selling book without their permission and co-founded Reddit, one of the largest websites in the United States. In 2020, Alexis founded 776, a new software-enabled venture firm focused on people, culture, and community. He's also an advocate for paid family leave and a founding investor in Angel City Football Club. Alexis Ohanian, welcome to Non-Technical. What's up? Hello. That was great. Wow, that made me sound really spectacular. Yeah, you did those things. Purportedly. (laughs) That's what they say. I'm so happy to have you here, Alexis. We have a couple points of connection. Obviously, we share a name, which Mm. already makes you right to the top of my list of favorite people on the internet. (laughs) Absolutely. And actually, the most important person in my life is also an Alexis, not myself. Right. My daughter is is technically (laughs) Alexis. That's how much my wife and I liked the name. I'm so happy to hear that. I've also always thought it was clever to have a male-female name passed down. Alexis is one of those rare names where you can do it. Yeah, so it's benefit. I, you know, as a kid, it was a little tougher. Um, I, actually, it wasn't that bad. As a boy named Alexis, it taught yeah. me very early on to stand up for myself. It well, it helped that by the time I was like in fourth grade, fifth grade, I was like yeah. way taller than all the other kids. Oh, that does help. <laughs> There was one incident on the playground in like fifth grade. I won't name names, (laughs) but I laid the smack down on another uh, young man and never another word was said about my name. I'm not encouraging violence here necessarily, but it was very formative. And then I just feel so fortunate because I have a name that obviously is predominantly female that could work so well as a name for our daughter. And now she's a junior and I don't know how many other female juniors there are, but hopefully it starts a little tradition. It's the first I've seen, which is why I think it's so cool. It's a trailblazing baby right there. Trailblazing baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Our other connection is that I was very familiar with your work, of course, with Patreon when I was at Mm. Patreon for Mm. three years. 
feelings mutual. What Patreon did, which y'all did, was pioneered. I was very fond of calling it the second renaissance. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that. as we're seeing everything, especially happening over Web3 and everything else, like it is yep. Yep. very, very clearly an amazing time to be an artist. It seems like it's only getting better and y'all paved the way. I know. I couldn't agree more. So that was lovely. And then I reached out to you to have you on the pod. And I'm just so excited that we're able to make it happen. Me too. I was Yay. in a bunker for like a year building 776. And I'm, I'm just excited to come out now and see daylight again. I want to start by asking you, how did you spend your last day off? I woke up. Made pancakes for my daughter, played the Disney princess cupcake game. Wait, what kind of pancakes? These were regular pancakes, which is really disappointing. For people who follow me on Instagram, I make very intricate squeeze bottle pancakes. Wait, you make squeeze bottle pancakes? That's so cool. So I started making these for her oh bell dress, palm trees. Oh my God. You're an artist. You're a squeeze bottle pancake artist. I drew a lot as a kid, like comic books. And my mom put me in like summer camp for art. Yeah. So I was like an okay artist. And then, you know, the last time I drew, I was doodling the Reddit mascot. I created that and I would do these doodles every day. That came from a doodle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, but that was the last time that I was really drawing and we're not at our house this week. So I don't have all of my my gear. It's really just Your a bunch tools? of OXO squeeze bottles. I was just so I made say. traditional pancakes, <laughs> boring circular pancakes, oh. but chocolate chip. So it was a little fun. Chocolate chip, that makes everything more exciting. And I would argue that from an artistic perspective, sometimes a return to simplicity can be just as beautiful. Yeah, this is, I'm definitely in my simplicity, my minimalist phase. And then next Sunday when we're, well, not actually, no, this Sunday will be another boring pancake. And then the Sunday yeah? after that, we'll have the good stuff. Okay. That's good. I mean, you need to mix it up. For sure. And I need to keep her from getting too comfortable. Olympia now, I made the first ones when she was God, like two and a half, three. She was so excited when she saw the first pancake. She's yeah. like, oh my God, it's like a, her favorite princess or whatever. But then over the last year, year and a half, I feel like she's getting a little jaded. Really? Where now she comes back with like comments. You're getting feedback? <laughs> yeah. She's like, you know, Papa, the hair wasn't quite right. Or maybe you could have oh chosen a different color for the dress or... No, she's <laughs> no. She is slightly less. She's definitely less ecstatic now. She's still very sweet, and she's come to expect it a little bit. So I think these periods are good. Okay, this is because good. it makes her, I think, appreciate a little bit more the fancy ones. But she's got me wrapped around her little finger, so I could. <laughs> That's so sweet, though. But it is nice. It's like a little palate cleanse. It's just a little reminder, yeah. a little grounding, some perspective, if you will. Exactly, exactly. But that, like, literally, I'm really serious about Sunday breakfast. Okay. And and then we're usually just hanging out around the house. Like we were, we we're playing Disney Princess Cupcake Game for like hours. What is the Princess Cupcake Game? It's an insidious <laughs> way from Disney to make a bunch of money. It's they <laughs> they basically created this little game with like plastic cupcakes. Okay. Each cupcake is sort of designed in the spirit of a Disney princess. Okay. And then those cupcakes have four different pieces. They have a topper. They have frosting, they have the cake, and then they have the bottom. And you can pull them apart and you can put them together and you can interchange them. Normally the game is played where there's a bunch of cards. You have to flip over little tokens. You have to flip over Mm -hmm. to see which one you get. Oh, I got a topper. Great. And you pick a topper. That You have three recipes or four recipes in front of you for each princess. Okay. So, and you need to make the recipes. Yeah. And you have to choose, Mm. you know, which princess you're going to take on, whose recipes to make in the first one. Oh, so there's strategy. It's not, it's not all luck or is it all luck? No, it's all luck. It's all luck. And then- my daughter and wife have now distorted the game so much. What? I don't even understand it anymore. I'm just told what to do and I always lose. New rules are being created? I'm going along with it because I kind of like the idea of 
subverting the existing rules. Yeah, of course. Because it's like, good, she's getting creative. She's coming up with new rules. But then I realized those rules all just favor her. Oh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> and then I'm like, should I be encouraging this? Like, oh, whatever, fine. So Papa's always the biggest loser in these <laughs> games. And whatever, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> That's literally the bulk of my day. And actually, you know what we did do? This is mm. going to sound like a shameless plug, but Saturday... After another day of just lounging around the house, not doing anything, we saw the first preseason match for Angel City FC, and I took a look. Oh, that's exciting! And it was in the middle of nowhere. Sorry if you are a big Cal State Fullerton fan. The stadium <laughs> is like an hour and a half outside of LA, and I was a little nervous. You know, see how many people are going to show up. It was packed, thousands of people for a preseason game for a brand new football club. That's an exciting moment. After two years of like funding it and then building the team, doing all this stuff, and people just working their asses off to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You're like, gosh, I hope people show up. I hope people, <laughs> I hope people like this. Because it's yeah. like shipping products, yeah. building software. Like you're yeah. used to, it's okay that no one shows up because you just right? need that first version out the door. Exactly. Right? You need yes. that first piece of content out there and it's fine mm-hmm. if like two people mm-hmm. listen to it because it's mm-hmm. like, fine, okay, keep going. It's going to get bigger. Yes, exactly. And there's just so much cost and so much time and so much effort that goes into that first yeah, match that you have to just sort of pray <laughs> pays <laughs> off at least a little bit. Yeah. And, and it was amazing to see. So I'm very, very excited because we'll, for Olympia, I want her to see in a weird way, we can normalize, certainly in our household, I think we can normalize women athletes a lot <laughs> more easily than, than yes. others. <laughs> I think you have a bit of a leg up. <laughs> we got a leg up, but even here, like, I mean, I still love watching men's basketball. Like I still love watching we'll, we'll, she, Olympia has exposure to plenty of men's sports, but she has just as mm. much exposure to women's sports. That's awesome. It's like this little science experiment, because I think there's a generation of kids that if we can nail it with Angel City, we can nail it with women's soccer mm. yeah. boys and girls who will see these superstar women. These are the best women in the world, by the way. Totally. Play the sport and they're Americans and we love excellence here. Is that something that you've always been passionate about growing up? (laughs) Really? (laughs) No, not at all. Where does it come from? Or when was the shift? I'm keeping it real. Like, I know this is a story that's been told before, right? Like, I I cared ostensibly about these issues, Hmm. but it became way more personal Certainly when I had a child and when I had a daughter, when I had a black daughter mm. in particular, that a lot of these issues, yeah. they did, they, they became way more personal. This is my, this is the most important thing in my life. Yeah. And it made me care more. And then the thing that sparked it was I had, I have a front row seat, obviously to everything Serena's done and sure. continues to do. That gave me the confidence because I looked out and I saw, okay, look at the US Open, right? Thanks to mm. Billie Jean King and, and the Williams sisters and everything else. Tennis is actually the closest to a level playing field where the tournaments provide equal pay, where the news coverage covers both sides, equal time, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's actually a pretty good science experiment for like, imagine a world where men and women were treated equally in sports. (laughs) I won't say it's equal, but it's like close. It's the closest thing. You can't say this is a limited sample size. Like it's it's a very popular global sport. Global. Mm -hmm. You look at like even last year, there wasn't a single Williams sister in the finals. There wasn't a superstar. It was two mm-hmm. emerging young women talents, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two women in the final of the U.S. Open outperformed in terms of viewers. More Americans mm. watched those two up-and-comers mm. than Djokovic and I think Medvedev. You know, Djokovic yeah. is going for history. He's one of the greats. Yes, yes. More Americans watched the women, two up-and-comers, than the men. And, yeah. and look at it, Google it. It's ESPN reported. Like it's so holy shit. 
what does that tell us? Here is a very good case study in, in what happens mm -hmm. if you actually invest in both. Yeah. And lo and behold, what Americans want to watch is not just like only guys. It's excellent. It's fantastic yeah, stories and humans and greatness. And like, I saw this firsthand and I'm like, well, okay. So tennis has gotten it sort of the most right. There's clearly a lot of room to go everywhere else. And then um, Olympia was running around. This was during... So it's 2019 during the uh, Women's World Cup and Olympia was running. Mm -hmm. I got her little Alex Morgan jersey and she was running around the house <laughs> watching the final. And and like any parent, I remarked to my wife, I'm like, wouldn't it be great one day if Olympia played on the women's national team? Hmm. And without missing a beat, Serena's like, not unless they pay her what she's worth. Ooh. And I said, okay, touche, touche. <sighs> Let me spend the next like 15 years and and try to figure out a way to help fix that and invest in a team and, and just generally try to support. And so was part of this because my wife challenged me to do something about it? Yes. And do I like being right? Yes. Do I also think, much to my wife's chagrin, do I like being right? Yes. Too much. Sure. There's enough of a foundation here in data that, that makes me believe that if it just got equal investment, that lo and behold, the results wouldn't just be equal to that amount. I think- Yeah. Bold statement, 10 years, I should say 15. Let's say 10, 10's ambitious, let's say in 10 years, I think the women's game will be more popular than the men's in the United States. Ooh, yeah. you heard it here first. We love a hot take. 15 for sure, but I think 10, I think it could, it's ambitious as hell, but why not? Let's go for it. Yeah, because let's go for it. The sports psyche for America is not really about men's soccer. Like it, it, it's not really on our radar for yeah. the average American sports fan. And so that's white space. And that's an opportunity to imprint that's so true. Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe and all these stars uh, on the women's side because they're the that best. That makes a lot of sense. And like you said, we love excellence. It's so fun to watch people at the absolute top of their game, literally. And I mean that in all industries, all form of entertainment. It's mm -hmm. just so fun to watch somebody excel, especially when you know how much work went into it. And it's just like, oh my God, they're crushing it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So thank you for inviting me on your soccer podcast. <laughs> yeah. The irony is I know so little about sports, Alexis. I know like so, so little. I actually interviewed Mark Cuban, whose episode came yeah. out a couple weeks ago, yeah. and he was describing a jump shot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that sounds hard. You have to jump and also no. shoot. And he was Alexis. like, you don't watch a lot of sports, do yeah. you? And I was like, no. <laughs> so it was revealed that I don't know what a jump shot is, which is fine. Okay. I'm still here. I'm still thriving okay. without knowing what a jump shot is. You don't need to know that. I... But now look at how much I know now. Thank you for this education. Now, if someone wants to talk about gender dynamics across sports, the professional level, there I'm going go. to have a cold, hard facts, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> ready. Hell yes. Alexis, have you ever been known as the something person? And that could be something from school, something from work, something in your personal life. Among my childhood friends, these are, mm -hmm. these are dudes I've known since kindergarten, first grade. Okay. Wow. Long time. I met these dudes before I had taste in friends, right? Because okay. <laughs> you're in kindergarten and you're just like, mm, do you want to play Legos? And it's like, sure. Yeah, exactly. It's literally the context for our friendship. And we're still, yep. these are my closest friends to this day. That's amazing. And these guys would say there's like six of them on the group chat. Yeah. They would say, I am the one known <laughs> for, I am the the administrative glue oh my for God. getting shit done, whether it yes. is like some harebrained adventure or or just some, I don't know, silly Friday night out in Baltimore. This is now- That's amazing. Basically, I think those, <laughs> those antics were early exercise for the CEO mm -hmm. muscle. Really? Well, I'm retconning it a bit. I'm telling myself that all of those <laughs> things from like, 
middle school and high school and college were actually yeah. preparing me to then go be a CEO. Wow. Because I don't want to speak idly. That's what it is. Mm. It's the difference between talking about the thing you're going to do after school yeah. and then actually doing it. Yeah. And and I just, I really always want to live on that side. Uh, I want to actually be doing stuff and I don't want to speak idly about stuff. Totally. I really relate to that. Alexis, is there any kind of fad that you look back on participating in that now makes you a little cringy? Like something you did at the time that like something workout, cultural, fashion-y, and now you're like, why did I do that? Yeah, I mean, most of ninth through 11th grade, Mm -hmm. There was a lot of, I was not goth. I love a statement that starts with, I wouldn't say I was goth, but. Yeah, I wasn't, like, there wasn't makeup. I never went full goth, (laughs) but, but like dark clothing, like stupid oversized jeans, Rammstein t-shirts. Rammstein, oh my God. Rammstein. I still vibe to Rammstein every now and then. Very talented guitarists. It was a phase. I look at those photos and the bangs. I look at the bangs and I'm just like, what are you doing, you fool? Yeah. How low were the bangs? I didn't see my forehead for like five years. Was it a swoop? Was it like a... Uh, no, it was a middle part. Oh, Alexis, Tragic. a middle Actually, part. Actually, no, so I did see... Okay, that's not true. I saw part so of So you saw forehead. the middle... The middle Just part. a little... Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it was really terrible. What got you into that scene? The girl. Really? You know yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> but what I mean to say is, you know how impressionable teenage boys I are. I do know how impressionable. That part is very true. And every trend starts with... Okay, at least for me, everything that I was, I think by and large, cultural trends are started by teenage girls and what mm-hmm. teenage girls like, whether yeah. teenage boys want to admit it or not. Yeah, for sure. And, 100%. and that was, that was it. Yeah. Wow. You became not goth, but like semi-goth for a period of time. And then you stopped. Was it because the high school romance did not pan out? Yeah. But then it was also, I was getting ready to go to college and I was sure. like, you know what? Maybe it's time to start a new chapter. Sure. That's good. It's nice to have chapters and phases and stuff like that. The new chapter that I started was equally as problematic. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, I had a decent amount of facial hair. Okay. What's a decent amount? Respectable. What are we talking? Multiple beard, multiple inches? Yeah. It's it's a couple inches inches of facial hair. Yeah. But not everywhere. Not everywhere. (laughs) The most robust part of beard was here on my chin. Oh. oh, what's his name? Jason Newstead J- yeah. of Metallica. Okay. okay. He was the bassist who took over after Cliff. And you can Google Jason Newstead beard right now. And you can see that was the beard that I had. It's not even a beard. It's a chin beard. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. I don't know what to call that either. Yeah. God, I had that for a couple of years. Wow. Not sure why. Well, okay. So I have just Googled it. And it's actually the inverse of what I was picturing. So just for our listeners, what I was picturing was a collection of hair prominently featured on the chin. And instead, what I'm seeing in Jason Neustadt is that the beard goes sort of around the chin as though it's holding it in a warm embrace. Yeah, that's you described (laughs) it so well. Yeah, that was my my style icon was... James Newstead. And then for a little while, I'd let it grow out. And so it had kind of an Abraham Lincoln energy, (laughs) which is good. If any founding father to base facial hair off of, I feel like Lincoln's a bad one. Absolutely. No. He's a good guy. I think that's a very interesting look too. Like what if Abraham Lincoln played bass for Metallica? That was your vibe. That's kind of a chill vibe. You nailed it. There's a couple of good trends that I probably should. That's not even, we weren't even trends. <laughs> you were starting the trends. Is it even a trend if no one follows it? Not oh. by the most technical definition, but you know, yeah. we could say you were a trend <laughs> setter, but people, you know what? You were ahead of your time. That's what it was. Mm. Ahead so of your time. far ahead that no one. So far ahead that we're still waiting up. for people to catch up. <laughs> <sighs> Tell me this. Do you believe in ghosts? 
I told you I wasn't ready for this. I know. That's why I asked. I told you I wasn't ready for this. No. <laughs> no, no question mark or no, no period? No, no. Okay. You know, there's these ghost chaser, ghost hunter TV shows. Like that's yes. just total poppycock. I think that's the word I want to use. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's a type of candy? Oh, poppycock? Isn't, yeah, oh, poppycock popcorn is a whole brand. No, 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 here we go. Informal nonsense. Yeah, 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 nonsense. Yeah. Okay. I think mean, that's total nonsense. I don't think... Oh, fuck. I know. I mm, <laughs> Here's... Okay. So, no. But okay. it's not a hard no. Okay. Because... So, on the one hand, I haven't... I've not seen any data to, to prove that they do exist. Sure. And I figure at this point... We would. And I think in mm. particular, there are some people who really deserve to be haunted. Yeah. Who, as far as I know, aren't haunted. Because mm. like they would talk about that, right? Like, huh. there are some assholes who definitely deserve to have some ghosts chasing them around and sure. haunting their asses, right? Yeah. But you would hear about it. I'm sure they'd be like, they'd be tweeting every day, like, oh my God, there's a ghost terrorizing me. What's going on? <laughs> These are Can specifically people with blue checks on Twitter. <laughs> right? Yeah. I wonder though, because maybe they would never think that they would be the type to get haunted. If you were getting haunted in 2022, people would absolutely know about it. People just think be- <laughs> of all the billions of people in the world. You'd be live tweeting that haunting for sure. I'm sort of playing devil's advocate, but what if the haunting didn't look the way you would expect the haunting to look. What if it wasn't like your coffee mug somehow falling off the table? What if it was like losing one of your AirPods? That's a real thing that happens to people. What if that was a haunting? It is, but like, let's get into the motive of the ghost to haunt. Because <laughs> if we assume that they're sentient enough to haunt, like yeah. if you're pissed, right? I don't yeah. want to get too morbid about this, but you're, you're pissed at someone for doing something really bad that you're now dead, Yeah. right? Yeah. I'm not just making them lose their AirPods, right? I'm really messing mm. with them. I'm trying to really haunt them and ruin their days. Okay. I'm not going to have that. Would ru- haunt losing them. an AirPod would be, it'd ruin like a good 30 minutes. I would terrorize them. I've seen enough. Look, and because remember those, those, <laughs> those ghosts were once living people. And if they yes. died recently, they've seen modern horror films. Okay. So that's a good point. Lots of ammunition for ways that's that they point. could creatively haunt. So for those reasons, I would say I don't believe in ghosts, but, 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 but yeah, I would still like to live my life in a way such that if there are ghosts Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to get haunted by them. Sure. I care just enough about the very, very, very remote chance that some version of ghosts or spirits exists and try to operate in such a way that I don't get hosed by ghosts who steal my arm or mess my (laughs) arm. This is like an open no. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's an open no. <laughs> that just occurred to me. I think this go. is an open no. I like that. I think I'm, I'm sort of with you. Oh, tell me. You haven't heard the best part. I haven't. The one thing that I was inspired to do lately, and I don't know, this might ruin my marriage, but <laughs> my idea was I would tell Olympia because Olympia can, can, I mean, she can do full sentences and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four, so, yeah. Uh, she's four, but she's still like a child type thing, sure. and, you know, innocent and honest and joyful so i would tell her like olympia like she often sleeps in bed with us tonight when we're in bed can you point at the corner of the room oh and say why is that old lady staring at us oh my god (laughs) and then i would rehearse it with her a couple times and then we (laughs) we get into bed and it's you know serena and me and olympia and 
And then Olympia's like, Mama, why is that old lady staring at us in the corner of the room? And and see what happens. But again, it might ruin the marriage. I don't think I'm going to do it. But this is a high risk, high reward situation. (laughs) But I am invested. Okay, I have a thought. I have two thoughts. Yeah. Ooh, I have a lot of okay. thoughts. All right. My first thought, is there a way that you can somehow subtly, maybe a few weeks prior, just toss out mm-hmm. some kind of information about perhaps the previous inhabitants of your house or something that may have occurred. Right. You found out yeah. that a hundred years earlier, something down the block happened. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like just super offhand. And I'm saying, I'm talking like weeks prior, right? And maybe right. just a couple of times. That's smart. Right? Because then yeah. the idea is already in her head. Setting the stage. And then the other thing is you could do it on April Fool's Day. And I think that will give you some coverage mm. on the marriage front. That's actually very smart. Thanks. Because I would worry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like there's a chance, right? It goes really poorly. And right. my wife, maybe not. Forgive me. Exactly. Yeah. But if you do it on April Fool's Day, I think that. April people, Fool's. April Fool's. Just Does kidding. Does really make it better? I think that it makes it slightly less bad. I um, would hate this prank so much, though, because I would be terrified. Forever? And you could never live in the house anymore? And No, no. I would be so relieved when I heard oh, it was a prank, a joke, that yeah. I would feel fine about it. I think that I would probably feel respect for it that would outweigh mm. my anger. Honestly, oh, I'd be good. like, you got me. That was really good. Yeah. The only part I feel a little iffy about is because I am bringing our four-year-old into it and she's, <laughs> she doesn't really understand the context. So I okay. do feel like I'm manipulating her. Like if she's like six, yeah. I don't know what age kids can understand how to punk someone. Yes. But like at the age where then she understands, okay, we're playing a trick on mama and I'm going to joke about seeing this thing. doesn't Because right now I think she, she'd just be a little confused. And, yeah. Okay, well, you may have to wait till you can bring her into the fold. It's daddy-daughter bonding. Yes, exactly. Mm. Then it's in service of fostering a strong relationship, Mm. if anything. That's a good spin. Yeah, that is a good spin. I'll help you with the spin if this goes left. Thank you. (laughs) You're helping me a lot. I'm here to help. I have a two-part question for you, Mm -hmm. which is... Who would play you in a movie about your life? Josh Radner. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's so good. (laughs) Yeah, We've, we've talked about it on Twitter. Oh, really? Well, I reached out to him and I was like, hey, everyone tells me that I look like you and I feel like we should follow each other. And what did he, he was say? like, okay, yeah, cool. Whatever, nerd. <laughs> no, he was he was very polite. I'm sure he was really annoyed by me. I doubt he was annoyed by you. I'm sure he was like, that sounds really fun. Mm, we'll see. Mm. Yeah, Josh Radner. We can only assume he listens to this podcast. So maybe he'll be even more excited to hear it in this format. Because my next question is, if we know who's playing you, mm-hmm. should this be a biopic or should we focus in on a particularly exciting or emotional chapter of your life? And then just so you have a preview, my third question is what genre? Wow. It should be a biopic. Okay, we're doing it. We're doing it. My agent gives me a hard time because he's like, you never call me. You avoid my calls. You're the worst client ever. So I'm going <laughs> to don't know this is for you. All right. Now you yep. have something to do. There you go. Get me a biopic. Even as we go through this obvious joke exercise. Yes. I'm like, I can't even wrap my head around the idea Mm. of a biopic about my life because Mm. I just watched a biopic about a fraction of my own wife's life and it's its own Academy Award winning film. That is. (laughs) So it's like any, like there's just no, it's like, why even bother? Wow. I'm not. What specific context? Right. And so I'm here like, I guess it could be a dramedy. Is that a thing? A drama? Yeah. yeah. That's what mine would be. Give me 30 more years and maybe just maybe there's enough that would make it on like mm-hmm. a 
daytime TV. Oh my gosh, I don't believe this for a second. I think the Alexis Ohanian story starring Josh Radner, written and co-produced by Alexis Gay, I think that this could be a film that has legs. I think that we could at least get some good indie support behind it. Maybe. I I think it goes straight to Paramount+. Plus. Hey, that's not a bad face these days. I I was trying to make that an egg, and I just—I don't know if that is. All the Paramount execs listening are like, "Oh, you asshole! We're not Disney Plus, but we're trying." (laughs) (laughs) I think candidly, it's one of the most liberating parts of being in the relationship I'm in. Hmm. I think it'd be hard if I were an athlete. I think it'd be really hard. Really, but even if I were, I think it'd be doable ego-wise because Hmm. you just know, literally, no matter what, because of the circumstances in which I grew up in the circumstances of who I am, like my story will never, ever, ever, ever have the same impact on mm. as many people in as mm. deep a way as mm-hmm. my wife's. It just won't. Like mm. a white dude from the suburbs, like, yeah, I really had to make it to get into tech and mm-hmm. build a company. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell from uh, from Loom, but I'm, I'm tall too. So I have that going for me. <laughs> like I've never, <laughs> ever been made to feel like I didn't belong in a room. Even when mm. I was in boardrooms and rooms that I really did not belong. Yeah. In. Yeah. And so like, I mean, yeah, you could Hollywood parts of it. Sure. Like I've had ups and downs. I've had struggles for sure. Like everyone has, but mm-hmm. it's not even the same planet. Yeah. And so I'm not trying to watch that movie. I'm trying to watch <laughs> the Serena movie and feel like, and, and feel something because yeah. I can see, I can see the impact that it has. I still see it. Right. The, and random people come up to me as like, it used to be as like, oh, I love Reddit. Now it's like, oh my God, I love your wife or I love your daughter. Oh, which is wow. Strange, but I yeah, appreciate it. She's she's more famous than me. I, I get of it. Of course. Was that shift strange to go through? It was amazing. Really? Well, because the demo of people who would come up to me randomly went yeah. from like dudes. Yep. <laughs> to a much, let's just say, broader demographic, uh, yes. which is great. And it's yeah. just, it's, <laughs> it's a lot, a lot more, Um, I don't know. It's just a lot more fun. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> you remember the James Hetfield beard? Yeah. We, we shifted away from that, which is good. Yeah. Which is good. <laughs> a, little, a little broader demo of folks coming up. Wow. Which is fine. I'd much rather be known as Olympia's dad or Serena's husband than like the Reddit guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's great. Sounds like things worked out then. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, like the, the legacy for me, I really hope and I'm going to put all my effort into is 776 and everything we're mm-hmm. doing there. But mm-hmm. like, it's a funny thing that I never would have imagined being married to someone who has a biopic. Yeah. And it's not even about that's the funny thing, too. If you haven't, I know. You haven't seen it, it's mm-hmm. only really about their dad, about Richard. Right. You could do a second movie about Venus. You do a third movie right. about Serena in those future chapters of their lives. Sure. If anyone's listening. Hollywood, make it so. As soon as I saw the trailer for King Richard, my assumption was always that there would be more. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know any more than y'all do. What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something really inconsequential that you would really go to bat for. High quality butter. This is a beautiful hill. That's a perfect answer. <laughs> okay, great. So. Tell me more. <laughs> I really and in for Americans listening to this, if you've never had butter from the European continent, look, Kerry mm. Gold is great. That's what I use. It's what I'm probably going to have later today at some point. Not straight, mm. but like sure. with things. <laughs> you've never really lived. And I think it's because they actually have different guidelines. I think our FDA is a little too uptight around oh. like temperatures. Pasteurization. And pasteurization. Of I dairy think. products. Yeah. And so you want to get in France... I think that's the best. I think France actually has like a ministry of butter. (gasps) 
they have a ministry of butter. That actually makes a ton of sense for a country known for their baguettes, their pastries, the croissant. Yeah. No, they don't fuck around. Here we go. No, At Bordier really in France. This is supposedly the best butter in the world. That sounds incredible. Actually, I don't know if you could put butter on a croissant because they're already very buttery. There should be enough butter in there. But but I know I'm the kind of guy who still puts more in. Oh, really? I'm obsessed with high quality <laughs> butter. Just regular French butter is at another level. But then you go down the, the sort of butter rabbit hole. Sure. You go down the churn. <laughs> go down the churn. It is. It's just on another level in terms of the decadence. You can get it with some sea salt in there. Yeah. So what about it is so different? It's creamier. It's fuller. It's like a richer flavor. It's closer. I have no idea how these things are made, but I feel mm -hmm. like the trajectory of really good butter yeah. approaches the trajectory of like a really good soft cheese. And okay. they actually, like, there's some cheeses that are, like, super buttery, right? And then these really high-quality butters have a, a substance to them. They do dope things, like, they'll throw in sea salt. And it's not, like, <gasps> half-assed. It's, like, there's real chunks of sea salt in there. And you're, like, oh, my God, my butter is now interactive. It's chunky. Wow. The potential for butter yeah. is so much greater than wow. we, we give it here in America. To the point where I'll smuggle the stuff back. <laughs> Not going to lie. I smuggled yeah. it back from France. I really love high quality butter. It's one of the greatest gifts I feel like I can give my daughter. Yes. Even though she doesn't like it. She doesn't like it? What about yeah. on the pancakes? No. She's a purist. She only recently started doing dip dip, which is uh, syrup. Dip dip? Is that what she calls it? Yeah, because I put in a little ramekin. Sure. Yep. Oh, actually, that's another one, too. I like real maple syrup, and my wife likes oh, no, me too. the fake stuff out of the Oh, bottle. yeah. No, I'm a real stickler on the maple syrup. Mrs. Buttersworth, I don't owe her anything. She doesn't know <laughs> She doesn't know what real maple syrup is. Why is she in our house? I didn't invite her. No. My wife did. And so, anyway, I pour the real maple syrup in the ramekin for my daughter, and she dip-dips her pieces. Dip-dip. That's adorable. No butter. Here's the thing, right? As a parent, you try to teach your child about the world. You want to get them prepared. Yeah, of course. For what they're going to go into. She has no appreciation for butter whatsoever. She hates it entirely. Oof. She doesn't want anything to do with it. Well, okay, that's tough. But, you know, tastes change as uh, children age. Yeah, there's hope. Are you familiar with Plato's Allegory of the Cave? Yeah, obviously. I, I was reading that to my daughter last night uh, for a bedtime <laughs> story. I have no idea what Plato's Allegory of the Cave is. Oh. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. No. To summarize briefly, it's the mm -hmm. idea that if you were someone who only lived in a cave and all you saw were the shadows of figures projected against a wall, you would think that was real life right. until you came out of the cave and were able to see in three dimension and all the light and all the color mm. of the real figures, which previously you were only seeing the shadows of. Yes. You are bringing mm. us out of the butter cave. In wow. this moment, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. You got, I mean, get a chance. Travel's opening up again. I think there are listeners right now that they've just been staring at the shadow of butter for years, <laughs> for their lives. And you have taken us out of the cave, Alexis. You did this. This is a gift you've given you all of us. There you go. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to take a super quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Beth's Recruiting. Okay, real talk. We all know someone who's been complaining about their job for the last three months, but doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. And sure, maybe at times we've all been that person too. On the one hand, I get it, because even after you found an open role that feels like a fit, figuring out the right place to submit your resume can be a huge mountain to climb. But on the other hand, there are so many tools today to make that climb feel more like a pleasant, non-inclined walk, like bets. 
So if you or your friend are a high-performing professional looking for your next opportunity, it's time to become a Bets Connect community member. Apply to join Bets' exclusive network, and if you're accepted, tech startups will reach out to you. You decide who to talk to. You decide your path. So next time your disgruntled friend starts a conversation with, you're not going to believe what happened on Slack today. Maybe find a way to bring up bets. Or hey, maybe send in this episode of Non-Technical, huh? Ah, subtlety. Apply now for your exclusive lifetime membership at betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Alexis Ohanian the founder of 776 and co-founder and former executive chairman of Reddit, Alexis. We have arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. I'm hyped. You're hyped. I'm also hyped. Also, every time I say Alexis, it is so bizarre to me. Alexis. I never say my own name, so it's just like... Me hey, neither. Alexis. Alexis yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's a bold-faced lie. Every time uh-huh. I record an episode of the podcast, I have to oh. say my own name. You're not saying it in conversation with another person. Anyway, Alexis, are you ready for the lightning round? Mm-hmm. I am Alexis. <laughs> okay coffee or tea coffee i mean come on black i mean come on how you take it black me too yes it's the only way to drink it cheers only way cheers to that do you have a favorite board game probably disney, disney cupcake, cupcake princess, princess. <laughs> or disney princess cupcake game yeah i don't we don't i don't mess around too much board games anymore it's whatever lippy wants to play that's so, adorable disney princess cupcake thing when you make the bed do you use a top sheet or no top sheet make the bed Oh my gosh. Are you one of those? Yes, I am one of those. And the reason why I only, and actually, thankfully, this is something my wife and I agreed on. Um, we only sleep with a comforter. Okay. No top sheet. No, fuck the top. Why do you need? No, this is, and this is the European in me. I'm telling mm. you, it's the European vibe to only have the comforter. My mom was fresh off the boat from Germany. And I remember mm. as a little boy learning the only way we sleep in the bed is with a comforter, <laughs> no top sheet. And I was like, all right, mom, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. And Well, now that I know that it's European, I mean, that sounds like a very sophisticated way to sleep. Oh, it just needs a rebrand for me, no, I guess. it's just lazy. I love it. It's like, I don't want to mess with, I don't what what, uh, what benefit does the like top it. sheet offer? I don't know. It's there. <laughs> it's like the damn ornamental pillows. I caved oh, on I that like- one. Oh, I like Wifey got the ornamental pillows on there. And I'm just like, why do we have to, why? What do you think the right number of pillows is though? Two. Well, if there's two people sleeping in the bed. Just two normal pillows and that's it? That's Yes. I have seven pillows. That's excessive. No, no, it's perfect. I have four normal sleeping pillows and then three decorative pillows. No, the three decorative ones are upsetting. I could see maybe if you want one (laughs) for the lower lumbar support, you put between your knees type thing. Okay, fair. I'll let that one slide. It has a, it has utility. Yeah. Pillows are for utility. Not no, but the decorative ones have u- utility as well. Because they look nice? Yes, that's useful. I mean... They make me happy. You know what? If it makes you happy, then so be it. <laughs> my point is, when I'm talking to my wife about it, I'm like, look, we're the only people who see this. You get to see it. Isn't that nice every time you go into your bedroom and you're like, ah, look at these pillows. No, I don't <laughs> find my joy from decorative pillows. I don't want to ever have my joy hinge on a decorative pillow. I'm not letting them have that power over me. In this one way, we will have to disagree, sadly. Yeah. If it were butter... High quality European <laughs> butter next to my bed, maybe. Yes. I mean, that would be a wonderful way to wake up and go to yeah. sleep. Creamy right. and delicious. Have you ever read a book twice? Comic books, but not, oh, yeah? not book books. What yeah. kind of comic books? A lot of X-Men, a lot oh, of yeah? Spider-Man, a lot of the Punisher. It's a miracle I turned out okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
between the metal phase and all the Punisher comics I was reading, I, I don't know yeah. if my parents were ever like, well, let's keep an eye on him. But thankfully, thankfully <laughs> it's okay. It seems like it worked out all right. Yeah. Do you have a pump up song? Yeah. Power by uh, Kanye West. Oh, yes. I love song. that the song. the opening. It's going to. Yes. That's a great pump up song. I literally listen to it maybe every other morning. It's like the thing that I'm convinced that is the thing that actually gets me to exercise in the morning. That's really? It. Music yeah, has such song. a profound impact on my ability to exercise. It's crazy. Yeah, it's huge. Or to oh, yeah. do something that I don't want to do. Like if there if there's something I don't want to do and I'm tired, I will drink a black coffee and then I'll yeah. put on some serious like upbeat or motivating yeah. music. And I'm like literally just tricking my brain and body. I'm like, no, you're excited. You can do this. You can Deal do with it. it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's real. There's science behind that for sure. Oh yeah. 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 That's a good point. Okay. Alexis, this is my final question for you. And I'm very mm -hmm. curious to hear your answer. What would mm -hmm. you title your memoir? Wait, I'm not done writing this. Ooh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is that because you feel like you've still got another You've got more stories to write, more chapters. Yeah, I really, and I'm trying to live forever. I, oh, um, sure. I'm doing the whole baby blood thing. What is that? It's like a Silicon Valley meme about uh, people who want to live longer by taking either young or young blood. Oh, oh, people who have blood boys. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Young blood, I guess, is the proper Silicon Valley meme, but uh, baby blood slightly I'm more insidious. Yeah, no, that's even more evil. <laughs> Maybe, maybe you did read too many Punisher comics, honestly, See? I think. <laughs> See, no, I, again, it's a miracle I turned out well-adjusted. I know, but hey, you made it on the non-technical, which I can only assume yes. that that's everybody's life goal. If it's not, it should be. If it's not, it should be. I couldn't no. agree more. Alexis, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much for coming on my show. I really, really appreciate it. Likewise, I loved being on. Yeah, what a good time. Where can people find more about you? Uh, well, Alexis, they can find me on <laughs> Twitter at Alexis yes. Ohanian, and mm -hmm. uh, they can go to 776.com. We actually, I just launched a foundation, 776.org. Oh, exciting. We're doing, our first program is for, it's a 776, very creative naming, a fellowship <laughs> uh, for climate fellows, for young people who want really? $100,000 to just build climate solutions uh yesterday that's amazing and you can apply i don't know when this will go live but hopefully yeah, you apply that's incredible after or you can still apply we're doing it every year for at least the next 10 years that and is great we need bright young minds full of energy to go take big swings uh to help fix wow. climate so i'm just going to give you money and network and community to go do that that's incredible i'm so excited so to hear that that exists your listeners don't it oh yeah hey listeners you should do that Please yes. fix the climate. Um, Alexis you. will help you. <laughs> yeah. It's a good proposition. It really is. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram or at Non Technical Pod on Twitter. Wait, I actually don't know who has at Alexis on Twitter and why is it mm. neither of us? Let's find them. <laughs> you know, I made the mistake. I was pretty early on Twitter, but I've just gotten so used to using my full name that mm. I just never register. You'd think. I would have thought that it would be you, to be honest. 15 followers following 65 people. Tweets are protected. Okay, well, maybe it's up for grabs. Maybe we're on. <laughs> maybe the race is on. <laughs> I fully encourage and support you to go get it. Thank you. I appreciate your support. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Bye. Oh, wow. I have a review to read. This is from... Journo Mom X4. Journo Mom X4 writes, intolerable, one star. 
I have tried several episodes. I just can't get by the voice. I'm sorry. I'm sure she's talented, but not as a host. Guests look great, just not broadcast slash podcast quality painful. Well, Journo Mom X4, you can't please them all, but thanks for listening. And if you want to hear me read your review on the next episode, go ahead and hop on over to Apple Podcasts. If you're feeling fancy, leave me a little tech lingo, maybe a little corpse speak, maybe five stars. Just a thought, just food for thought. I'm just simply tossing it out there. I'm just putting it into your brain. And you just might hear it on the next episode of the pod. Either way, thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.